This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Louisiana, talking about a father who takes matters into his own hands. Then we'll discuss a murder by neglect. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Bayou State. There seems to be an increase in misguided Americans who resort to vigilantism, or those who take the law into their own hands. I'm talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse and the Ahmaud Arbery cases. Just a few examples of dangerous justice that threatens the law in the United States. People feeling like they have the right to take it upon themselves to enforce the law or punishment that they see fit, even if it means using deadly force. Completely ridiculous, right? Who the hell do they think they are? That's the very reason we have law and order. This is not the purge or the Wild West after all, right? So when is vigilante justice acceptable? When does it cross the line of justice to revenge? The case I'm going to tell you about today is one of a parent's worst nightmare. What would you do if this were your baby? Trust the judicial system to get it right or leave it where there is no margin for error? Are you a murderer or a protector? Gary and June Plache lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana with their four children, three boys and one girl. It was the early 80s. Cujo was in theaters, and every breath you take by the police was number one on the radio. What a time to be alive. Oh, good times. Jody was their middle son, and he was in the fifth grade. He's all boy, plays all the sports, and dad coaches all the kids. So they're just like all-American family. Mm -hmm. At school, he hears about a karate class, but he's like, nah, I'm already taking too much shit. But one of his little brothers was like, I want to do it. So mom signs all the kids up for it. (laughs) It was like so many lessons for so many kind of deal, you know, like you get a discount. Like yoga. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So after a few lessons, a new instructor takes over. His name was Jeff Doucette. He was an ex-Marine. He was 25. He was originally from Texas and he didn't have any family in Louisiana. He actually lived in the studio of the karate, what's it called? Dojo? Sure. Wait. Is it? Isn't that what it's called? I'm not a karate girl. Oh, I'm not either. That sounds right. So <laughs> okay. he lives in I the do- He lives in the dojo. Okay. We're going to go with it. So the family becomes very friendly with Jeff. He was over all the time because, I mean, he was by himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so Jody's family invited him to dinners and things like that. He would shower at their house since he was living at the dojo, as Lacey <laughs> called it. And they would even give him clothes. Huh. They kind of felt sorry for him because he didn't have anybody. Yeah. And he kind of became part of their family. Little did this family know that Jeff was a pedophile. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He would take Jody out of town to do karate competitions, and he was molesting oh, him oh, on oh these trips. He would do it when other kids were around, and he supposedly molested other children too, but nothing like Jody. This baby was 10 years old. Max will be nine 
Mm. I can't. It makes me nauseous. I'm glad you. This is our second Cosmo that you made us because I'm sweating right now. It makes me infuriated. And this baby, Jody. I know he's not a baby. He's no, ten. He's a, but he's, he's a baby. Max is Max is my baby. He didn't say anything because he didn't want of to course. upset his parents, and he didn't want to get Jeff in trouble. God, it mm. it was just easier for him to keep quiet. He thought. So the abuse gets worse. A few months later, he began raping Jody. Sometimes a couple times a day when they were on these trips. I mean, the rage that I feel even reading that, I cannot put into words. Like, it's, I, I can't. I can't even. Jody was actually really good at karate, just like all the other sports that he played. And he and Jeff were spending more and more time at karate and eventually this would become the only sport that Jody played. We would later find out that Jeff had made him quit. Oh my god. All the other sports. Mm. So Jody's parents started having problems and eventually dad moves out. Nothing to do with this. They didn't know anything about this. They just started having marital problems and so his dad moves out. So now Jeff has stepped up and is helping the mom with all the kids stuff, like picking up the kids from school and spending more and more time at the house with Jody. I know. So on February the 19th, 1984, Jeff asked June if he could borrow her car to run an errand and if Jody could tag along. And mom's like, yeah, sure. He's done it a million times. Not a big deal. Yeah. So day turns into night. And they still aren't back. Jeff had taken Jody to Texas to his mother's house. Jeff's mom actually calls her and lets her know that they were there and that Jody would be home tomorrow. That there was some type of family emergency and he had to come there. What the fuck? I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine. But apparently there was a lawsuit against Jeff. So he ran. He had went to Texas to try to get money. Okay, but they didn't know they that. Didn't know they that. didn't know he was in any trouble. Exactly, oh. exactly. Well, no, his mom did. Yeah, yeah. His mom knew not. he was in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so she gives him money, and his brother gives him his ID. The whole family's like, okay, well, we'll help you. So he tells his mother that he's going to take Jody back to Louisiana, and then he's going to head to New York City. Lies. Mm-hmm. Instead, he takes this 10-year-old to the bus station, and they hopped a bus for California. Jeff had no money by the time he got to California because he just got enough for one bus ticket. And now he had to buy two. So he finds a karate guy out there and tells him he had brought a group of kids to California for a tournament, and their bus was stolen, and he needed to borrow some money so they could get home. So this guy, Western Union's him like 600 bucks. Jeff shaves his beard and dyes Jody's blonde hair black. They move into a hotel and then another hotel. And he was telling Jody that you need to pretend to be my son. But Jody knew he was kidnapped. He did? Mm -hmm. Wow. He took him to Disney, let him stay up late, bought him all the things. He was grooming him like pedophiles do. Of course, he didn't want to get him in trouble. That was his buddy. That was his friend that let him do fun things. Spoiling him. Spoiling him. I I love you and I care about you. That's why I'm taking you to Disney and I'm doing all these things for you. And then he would rape him. It makes me. I can't. Totally manipulated this baby. 
So Jeff lets Jody call his mom collect. Remember How when long you, has it been? It's been 10 days. Ha, has she called police? Has yes. anything been okay? Everything. She has called the police, reported him missing, all the things, FBI is involved. They're, but they don't know. Mom says they went to New York. Nobody knows where they are. It's not like nowadays. No. Yeah. So he lets Jody call his mom collect. And do you remember when you used to call oh. that call? And yeah. you'd have to tell the other person, do you accept the collect call from so-and-so? So mom does. And Jody tells her, we're in New York. But at this point, like I said, he'd been missing for 10 days. FBI's involved. So... The entire conversation is recorded. But they're in California. They're in California. The entire conversation is recorded. So the operator comes on after Jody hangs up. And the FBI asks her where the call is coming from. They tell them the exact location down to the hotel room number. And within minutes, SWAT moves in. Guns drawn. Kicks the door open. Uh Very traumatizing for this little boy. Yeah. And they arrest him. He's alive. He's alive. They arrest Jeff, take Jody to the hospital. I mean, I would assume in 1984 you would get the shit kicked out of you and no one would said anything, but that did not happen. They arrest him and take him to jail. Yeah. So Jody's at the hospital and they are just hammering this baby about what happened? I mean, they did not question sexual assault victims in 1984 like they do now, especially children. <sighs> so they're asking him all these questions, which is heartbreaking to think about. Oh, yeah. They weren't handling this it. This baby has been raped and kidnapped, and now he's being grilled like he's yeah. done something and wrong. And they don't even understand the no. worst of it. And- no. It's so sad. Now he thinks he's done something wrong. They do a rape kit on him, which is humiliating. And he's denying anything happened. They're like, did he do? No, no. Because he's, he's embarrassed. Did they not have a child? No. No. Wow. No. Just the police officers? And the, and the hospital personnel. Oh my gosh. So he would later say that he was scared that Jeff would come after him if he told. Eventually. Of course he was. Yeah. He's 10. They don't, I mean, like. Yeah. Ugh. So eventually he's on his way home and his parents pick him up at the airport and media is everywhere. They're running this story. His face is everywhere. All the abuse that allegedly happened. It's fucking awful. That's terrible. He keeps denying anything happened because he's, again, humiliated and he's a little boy. It's, (sighs) yeah. They don't release anything on minors nowadays, but back then they didn't give a shit. His name was Are out. You his, serious? No, his name was out. His pictures allegedly was raped. All the things. Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah. But he stuck to a story that he hadn't been abused, and then the rape kit comes back, and there was semen found. And so, oh, oh my it just makes me tear that, up. That makes me tear up because I guess I don't. Think about rape kits being used on men or boys. Yeah. But they do. Yeah. And. And a child. And a child. And they're having to. And it's all, assuming, in the, it's all in the media. I'm assuming swab. Sure. Yeah. And it's invasive. Ugh. And he didn't have his parents. That's He's been, so. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, I know. I can't. I, I, 
So after the rape kit comes back, he admits to his mama that it had happened because he said that that's, she was his safe spot. She was his safe place. So he called his mama in his room and told her everything that happened and what he had done to him. And that had been going on for over a year. Like, I can't, like, I have tears in my eyes. Like, I cannot imagine how this mama felt. Like, knowing that you let your baby around this man. Your job is to protect your child. And to continually be like, it's fine. You can go. You can come over and stay the night. And, yeah, he can go to the karate. And I don't have to go because you've got him. And knowing now in retrospect that this whole time he was hurting your child. Every single time he had him away. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. So he told her that he was, you know, scared to tell her. Of course. And he didn't want to hurt her. And he didn't want her to think that he was bad, which makes me just tear up even more. It's just, The uh, psychological abuse sure. these people have on oh, kids. It God bless. It makes me so mad. They're master manipulators. and it, uh. Uh, So she, you know, so he's telling his mama all this stuff. And he's like, you have to promise not to tell dad. Oh because God. he knew. Dad's going to fucking kill him if he finds out. Yeah. But mama tells dad because that's the thing about parents. You don't keep secrets from one another. Well, did she confide in the police? Well, they knew. Okay. They knew because the rape kit came back. Yeah. yeah. So dad said he felt a a tremendous amount of guilt for inviting this man around his family and his son and for not protecting him. I mean. yeah. Yeah. So dad's like at the police station. I want to know. Where is he? When? And they're like, you know, we can't tell you that, Gary. Like, you just go home. Like, stop. You know, whatever. Dad goes to the bar, local bar, gets a drink. He's having a drink, chilling out, trying to solve, you know, calm his nerves. And there is a friend of his that works at the local news station. And he tells Gary, Jeff's flying home tonight. Yeah, because like, he back to Texas. No, flying back to Louisiana because oh, that's okay, where okay. he was being extradited yes, because yes, that's where yes. the crimes okay. had taken place. So he's like, "Jeff's coming home tonight." Oh Lord. Yeah. So Gary finishes his drink and walks out. Yeah. So news crew are at the airport waiting for Jeff to board the plane. They come walking by with Jeff handcuffed and a police on each side escorting him, and Gary. Is that there's like a bank of pay phones and Gary's on the phone. And when they walk off the plane, Gary hangs the phone up. And right at that moment, he turns around from the pay phone and points a 38 revolver at Jeff's head and pulls the trigger. Point blank range. Police grab him and arrest him. Jeff is bleeding all over the floor. They take him to the hospital, but he dies the next day. Local people in the community pay Gary's $100,000 bond because wow. everybody was like, good for you. If it, And that's one of the things that, you know, police, when they arrested Gary, Gary told them, what would you do if it were your son? You would have done the same thing. So at his trial, he was charged with manslaughter. He pleaded no wow. contest. The judge gave him seven years, which was immediately suspended. Five years probation and wow. 300 hours of community service. He did wow. no jail time. No jail time. That actually surprises me. It's the 80s. It's Louisiana. Yeah, it, it doesn't it, surprise me. Jody was actually upset that Jeff was killed. 
he was his oh, abuser, but he still looked at him as a friend. Well, yeah, and it's like Stockholm mm-hmm. syndrome. He's yeah. been around this guy like he had cared about a, him. It's oh god, he thought he was yeah. his buddy, and yeah. he was doing those things because he loved him. And he didn't understand. Yeah, no. he didn't understand. No. So his dad went to trial. He had a really rough time with all of it and the trauma of being kidnapped, but he recovered and has done amazing. Good. He now works with the violence pretend. He now works with violence prevention and does speeches on recognizing the symptoms of sexual abuse in children. Hmm. He wrote a book called Why Gary Why, which is what police said to his dad when he shot Jeff on national TV. And this is on that. This is on YouTube. You can still look, pull up this video and watch it. It's still up. Gary suffered a stroke in 2011 and spent his last years in a nursing home. He died at 68 after suffering a second stroke. Wow. I know. That story sucks. But. I just Googled that book. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's free. Why, Gary, why the Jody Flache story. Uh, he unveils tactics that they'll use, signals. Yeah. It sounds like a good book to read. Yeah. I mean, for anybody, not even. I mean, you, I know it's. Like, it's I don't not have a, a kid. great subject. No, it's not. But And you it's know very what? triggering to some people. Yes, yes, of course. But. Knowing signs and the tactics, and I'm not blaming his parents. I don't know what their headspace was. And some people are more trusting than others, but don't let your kids alone around. Well, it's hard to say because even it can be family members, but especially like strangers who are coming into your home. It's more likely somebody they know. Yeah, and that's the worst part. Oh, it can be someone you love. It can be your dad. It can be anybody. Their grandfather. Like uh, the comedian Tig Notaro, mm-hmm. she's one of my favorites. She was abused by her grandfather and didn't tell her mom until she was older because she was, oh my gosh, but the story she gives, it's, and they would have never thought he would have done that. It's just, I don't even know. I don't even know. No, I was talking to Max's dad because he always asked me like, what's your case about this week? And um, I was telling him about this and I said, could you even imagine? He's like, no, I don't want to. And I'm like, no, I'm not saying it like that, but I'm like, right. And you know, and Max is asleep and we're just standing in his room at the door. And I was like, I don't know. I would like to think that Max would tell us, but I don't know that he would not that he would want to, but I could see where they are in. They don't want to upset their mom or their dad, or they don't want to get somebody in trouble, or they're embarrassed, or they're ashamed, or... Or they're threatening that they're going to hurt you. Like, what if someone, like, I'm going to do this to your mom if... Yeah. I can totally see why... Oh, it just makes me sweat. I can't. It's it's awful. And they're praying... Oh, I know. It is. It's... But... Dad blew his brains out. Sorry. God. Not that, sorry. See, that's one of those things. I'm like, no, of course I don't support murder. Of course not. I'm not saying um, vigilante no, justice right. is acceptable and the, you should do this. No, no. But, no. but at the end of the day. You can sympathize. I can't, I can't sympathize with that. That's. I, if I were the judge, I'd, I don't know how I would. I would just Mm-mm. be like, well, I mean, what do you do? It's just right. like. Because that judge was probably thinking if that would have been my little boy. I don't know. We're not supporting people that murder no, people. We're not saying that. Don't misconstrue this. No, but, but also it's just, not mad that he did. Just saying. God, that's in my opinion. Let's ugh. take a break. I gotta let's, have. I gotta refill this Cosmo. Let's take a break. Ugh. That case that is rough. Sorry, I don't like it. My case is not good either. 
That book's interesting, and I'm going to link that up in our bio and stuff. But real fast, I went on rain.org, R-A-I-N-N. And it's, you've probably heard of it. It's like the, they have a chat where you can get help for domestic abuse. It has signs that a child may have been sexually abused. This is stuff no one wants to hear about. And I understand that. And this, it's obviously not all for every kid. Every kid's different. But it says some behavioral signs are excessive talk about or knowledge of sexual topics, especially if they're young and they're saying something sexual, you should probably kind of know where at least they right. found out Don't about you hear it. about that? If it was, was it TV? Did a grown-up say that around you? Mm-hmm. Keeping secrets and not talking as much as usual. Not wanting to be left alone with certain people, especially if it's a new behavior. Yeah. Regressive behaviors like bedwetting or thumb-sucking. Sexual behavior that's inappropriate for the child's age. Maybe they do something to another kid or themselves or toys. And mm-hmm. again, it might be just growing up or it could just be where did you... can be too I careful. feel like learning where did you learn that is yeah. an important question. Spending an unusual amount of time alone. Trying to avoid removing clothing to change your bathe. Ugh. Oh, gosh. Not my kid. He runs around all the time. I'm like, get your clothes on. I think that's boys, though. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Change in eating habits, excessive worry, decrease in confidence or self-image. These are heartbreaking. They really are self-harming behaviors. Uh-uh. And little kids can do stuff like that, too. I mean, it's not just teenagers or young adults. Nightmares or fear of being left alone. Loss or decrease in interest in school activities and friends. Increase in unexplained Health problems such as stomach aches and headaches. So there's a lot of stuff, but it says the most important thing to keep in mind when looking for signs of sexual abuse in a child is to keep an eye on sudden changes in behavior. Trust your gut. Don't ignore your feelings if something seems off. If a child tells you that someone makes them uncomfortable, even if they won't tell you anything specific, listen. Listen. Sorry. No, I mean, and it's... A terrible case, but it's something people need to talk about and yeah. figure out a plan. It's We want to avoid subjects like that, but at the same time. Avoiding them doesn't make them yeah, go away. Yeah, or not. People are terrible. They're, sure. Yeah, we got to. Uh, I don't know. Well, switching gears to something awful in a different way. You oh boy. forwarded me this case a few months ago. I forgot about it. And then I was just Googling Louisiana. I stumbled across it. And I'm like. This is my case. And at first you had picked it out. I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot. Well, it's one of the worst things I've heard about. Oh, perfect. I mean, it's <laughs> in a different kind of way. And you will, um, it'll make sense later when I explain it. It's just there's so many different forms of horrible, you know? Oh, yeah. So this case took place in Slaughter, Louisiana. Ew. It's the town names after a person's last name. Oh, not so, something that happened. Not something that happened, no. So it's a small town about 20 miles north of Baton Rouge. On January 3rd of this year, 2022, a woman rang 911 and said that she believed that her daughter had stopped breathing. The sheriff was absolutely horrified by what he found inside of this seemingly pristine two story home. He immediately called a local coroner. And Dr. Bickman was called to the scene. A 36-year-old woman named Lacey Fletcher was lying on the sofa inside of her parents' home. That's putting it very lightly, 
This next part is very graphic, so make sure your kids cannot hear. Or if you have a sensitive stomach, skip ahead. Oh, my God. It's really bad. So she's a 36-year-old woman. Lacey was fused to the sofa. Fused? Fused, and other people use the term melted. Ugh. In her own excrement. Uh-uh. She was emaciated and was approximately 96 pounds and had feces smeared on her body and some was on her face. Ugh. Her body wore a hole in the spot on the couch where she had stayed for 12 years. Wait. Yes. She had been in this exact same spot for 12 years. She was basically buried in the hole, a hole filled with her own feces and urine. There's a photo of the couch online, and that alone just... I don't think I can post that picture. Y'all can look it up. I'm, I'm not going to post it. it right now. Oh my God. Oh God, I want to throw up. It's bad. It's bad. I want to throw up. You can almost smell the photo. I can't. Mm. It's bad. So she was partially nude when she was found. Her only piece of clothing was a little blue pattern t-shirt, and it didn't even cover up her breasts because it was pushed up so her breasts were exposed. What? Yes. And this is her parents' house? Yes. So her legs were pulled up and crossed beneath her, almost like you're being comfortable, but it's in this case, it was to keep her up, I guess. I don't know. So the skin on her buttocks looked to have actually worn or have been eaten away from the 12 years of not moving. Her backside was so blackened that a lay person would not have been able to recognize what they were looking at. She had red blotches all over her face. She didn't even appear to have skin. She had large, raw, yellow regions all over her body. She had ulcers from not being moved in so long and had bacterial infections all over her. And this part really got to me. Her hair was knotted and maggots were in her wounds. Maggots. They, I mean, I cannot even imagine being called to the scene and this is what you walk into. Because they're just like, I think our daughter's dead. They show up and this is what they walk into. Lacey's cause of death was noted as severe medical negligence, which resulted in chronic malnutrition, acute hunger, immobility, acute ulcer development, osteomyelitis, osteomyelitis, it's a bone infection, and eventually sepsis, and she also tested positive for COVID at the time of her death. So the scene was so horrific that even the coroner was severely affected by the state that he found her in. He said he could not eat for a week and would cry for, he cried all week long. And this is a person that looks at corpses all day for a living. But this, this one was just way worse than anything he'd ever seen. Authorities said once they walked into the house, there was a stench, an odor, feces, fecal material, urine, and you couldn't hold your breath. Meaning like they had to be in there for a long time, so they couldn't just hold their breath. The father was emotionless. And the mother's head was down between her legs, and she was weeping a bit. Weeping a bit. I, I know. This is a really freaking bad episode. This episode so may sorry. be one of the worst we've ever done. It's, like, I, like, I'm sweating. I can't. It's, it's, it's really I'm going to throw up. I know. So I'm sure you're all wondering by now, how did this happen? 
So I'll tell you a little bit of a backstory. The Fletchers moved into their neat two-story home on a gravel cul-de-sac around 27 years ago. I saw a picture of it. It's nice manicured lawn. Not humongous, but it's it's a, it's a nice cute size. little two-story yeah. house. Yeah. At that time, she would have been about nine years old. She started making friends with the children who lived on the same road. According to a neighbor, Lacey was just a fun, normal kid before she became more isolated from her neighborhood friends around the age of 14. Which is so she didn't have any health issues. Correct. She was just a normal kid. A normal kid until 14, allegedly. Okay. Until around ninth grade, four, age 14. Uh-huh. She was a student at the former Brownsville Baptist Academy and played on their volleyball team. Oh, wow. I saw pictures of her. She was smiling, looked happy, looked like a normal, normal quote-unquote teenager. Yeah. So it was around this time that her parents claimed her autism accelerated. Oh, she was autistic. So they said she needed to be homeschooled, so they took her out of school. Her parents actually said that, quote, she developed some degree of Asperger syndrome in ninth grade. First of all, <laughs> autism doesn't accelerate or decelerate. Mm-mm. And you don't just wake up one day and get autism. No. It's constant. It's something you have uh-huh. throughout your whole life. And it's like you're showing signs at like two. Or young, I mean, of course, yeah, Yeah, there are signs. You don't just, oh, she's in ninth grade. It kind of makes me think something else happened, happened, Yeah, but I don't know. Very suspicious. We don't know any information. Very suspicious. So I read an article by Jody Hare titled, The Dehumanization of Autistic People Must End, and she wrote about Lacey's case. So Jody's a part of the autistic community and wrote that she has grown accustomed to reading of autistic people who have been treated as less than human, who have been treated as though their life is not worth preserving. She said Lacey likely began to experience personal difficulties and increased social anxiety. Very normal for a 14-year-old, by the way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on when you're 14. Uh, yeah. And that this would require a greater level of support, but instead she was forced into isolation. She said maybe her parents felt like having an autistic child was something to be ashamed of. Maybe they felt like they need to hide it. She said, quote, that Lacey might have been denied any form of adequate care because of her parents felt ashamed of her is an ample evidence of the little value attached to autistic lives. Her parents striving for their own personal dignity rather than affording any to Lacey. Either way, regardless, we do know that they were essentially hiding her. Lacey was last seen alive in public around 15 years prior. Oh, my God. (sighs) She was spotted by a neighbor, and he said she was exercising. So, obviously, then she Mm -hmm. didn't have any – well, I mean, not obviously. Maybe she had physical issues. But, I mean, she was out alone exercising. Mm -hmm. She was carrying small weights, and she was walking around the neighborhood. Mm Mm-hmm. He said she was around 21 years old. So this is the last time she's she was ever spotted. And she also had not seen a doctor since the age of 16. Mm-mm. Her parents said it's because she was never sick. Even if you're never sick, why aren't you also supposed to get pap smears? Yeah. I'm in my 30s now. I don't have any health issues, but I still get my blood drawn and test lipids and blah, 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 thyroid checked. It doesn't matter if you're sick or not. If you have health insurance and they, I don't know their financial status, but they seem like they weren't struggling. Right. 
Some of the other neighbors had no idea they even had a child. Oh my god. So, who are the Fletchers? Well, pillars of the community. That's who they were, of course. Sheila and Clay Fletcher, both 64, were well-liked by friends and neighbors and went to church every Sunday and were leaders in their local Baptist church. Their Mm. friends said they would do anything for anybody. Uh Uh-uh. And I didn't see anything about family because obviously their family would likely know they had a child. So I'm guessing they didn't have close ties or maybe their family had passed. I don't know. Sheila worked as a city prosecutor's secretary in the nearby town of Zachary, but she was placed on unpaid leave this April, which was a week before the grand trial. So Sheila and Clay were interviewed by police after Lacey's death. They said despite her deteriorating state, they didn't take her to a doctor because she didn't want to go. This story gets worse. They also claimed they took care of her. They said they cleaned her wounds despite the fact that the bed sores went all the way down to her bones. They claim they took care of no. her. No. I know. And there was a gray toilet nearby and a nice, like a, you know, medical toilet and a nice pile of clothing to the right of the sofa. And a so and a table was a few feet away scattered with lotion bottles, talcum powder, wipes, nose spray, and other random objects. But she was not taken care of. No. You don't fuse no, to a couch. No, 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 no. Period. Absolutely. You're not cleaning sores. No. If maggots are in your no. skin, you're God not bless. cleaning no. her sores. I'm going to throw up. Their neighbor, Robert, said that he challenged Clay Fletcher over his daughter's whereabouts five years ago because he hadn't seen her for years. He thought maybe she went to college or, you know, married, moved off, wasn't sure, living there. Yeah. Something a norm- yeah. normal, something a girl would do after she's of age or whatever. Clay replied, oh, no, she's still here. She's fine. Then he changed the subject and didn't elaborate on why she never left the house. Of course, Robert's not thinking, oh, she's fused to a couch inside, because who thinks of that? God. And he likes their na- he likes them. They're nice neighbors. Well, Robert said, quote, I just took him at his word. I had absolutely no suspicions about what was actually happening at that house over the road from us. No alerts. Nothing. None of the neighbors thought anything was up. Nothing. The Fletchers also claim that along with autism, Lacey had locked-in syndrome. What is that? So I'd never heard of it before either, and so I went to the web, and locked-in syndrome is a rare neurological disorder characterized by complete paralysis of voluntary muscles in all parts of the body except for those that control eye movements. It may result from traumatic brain injury, diseases of the circulatory system, or diseases that destroy the myelin sheath. But if your child had that, would you not rush them to the hospital? Wouldn't you think you would? I agree. I agree. <sighs> so the myelin sheath surrounding nerve cells or medication overdose. Mm-mm. So there are several things that can yeah. cause this. Individuals with locked-in syndrome are conscious and can think and reason. They're all there mentally, but they're just they can't speak and they cannot move. And it leaves them completely mute and paralyzed. Basically, their only form of communication is by blinking. That sounds like the worst thing ever. And to be with that syndrome in this situation. No. So here's the thing, though. Lacey had not seen a doctor since she was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And at that time, nothing was wrong with her mm-hmm. physically. And we know that when the neighbor saw her when she was around 21, nothing was wrong with her. So it's only the parents saying she had this. 
There's no doctor. There's no one that diagnosed no evidence, her. Yeah. There's no evidence. There's yeah. not, not even evidence she had autism. Oh, my God. There's this no evidence of anything because they've never – there's nothing on the books of this child being – you know what I mean? Mm-mm. So she would have need needed brain imaging, EEGs, testing, all kinds of things. And she could have had it. But there's no way to know for sure. And it's very rare and can take a while for doctors to even accurately diagnose. So for them to just say she had this, I mean, just by they Google searched it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And also, they said that she refused to go to the doctor. How? Right. Did they say blink once for you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, there, I'm sorry. making sense. In that situation, if someone blinked twice for no, um... No, that's not acceptable. You, If you're having to blink to communicate with me, I'm taking you to the hospital. It sounds absolutely terrifying. The thought of what her life had to have been like, I, I can't even. And so here's another thing. There's just so many things. Oh, great. So More. she has allegedly autism, anxiety, locked-in syndrome, all these things. She can only blink. But Sheila and Clay were her caretakers. That's it. Mm-hmm. They claim that they were on a weekend trip away when she died. So they weren't home. They came home to her being dead. So who's so who's fedding? Nobody. Nobody. Or change Ugh, nobody. Girl. So they you can't claim that, oh well, she refused. Oh well she has locked in syndrome though. But also we were gone, but she can't move. But the no. So none of their statements to me added up that she no. She was in no state to be left alone ever. Even, not even with their parents, but that's another thing. So no arrests were made at the time, and no charges were filed for several months. I mean, part of me has to think maybe it's because they're a small town and they were like, what do we do? Because that's crazy. Eventually, Sheila and Clay Fletcher were charged with second-degree murder, but within 36 hours, they were released from jail, each on a $300,000 bond. (laughs) So the couple's charges carry a potential life sentence, but the DA believes that they'll plead not guilty to second degree and that their legal team will fight to have the charges reduced to at least manslaughter, which carries at least or carries a zero to 40 year jail term. He said, quote, the Fletcher subjected Lacey to this for 20 years. They need to serve at least that time. He also said the thing that strikes me is that Lacey hadn't been seen for so long what was to stop the Fletchers simply from taking her body out at night and burying it in their backyard yeah no one would have known. no one would have known no one knew she existed did they not have did she not have obviously she didn't have no siblings, siblings no but no did friends, the parents no, not no. have siblings or no family members have been discussed so i feel like they had to have not been either be completely in- estranged yeah. from their family yeah. their only Oof. people in their lives were their church family and their neighbors and yeah And work friends. They worked. It's just wild. He said a trial could commence as early as October. And, of course, I'll be following this case and keeping you all updated. These are rough ones. But this week sucks. They have pictures of them. And, I mean, they just look like normal 60-somethings. They have a picture of themselves by the Christmas tree. No pictures with her because, obviously, she's She's on on the couch. Who's taking that picture? I don't know. That means like literally you would have no one in your home for all those years. I guess they didn't. There were no articles that said that, but obviously no one knew they had if a If there kid. was nothing wrong with her, 
it's like they were drugging her to keep her and then just she's just on the couch. And this can only be speculation because we don't know yet. But one of the causes of locked-in syndrome is uh, overdose overdose or poisoning. Yeah. I don't know. But everyone said she was just a friendly 14-year-old and started becoming more reclusive and had social anxiety. And maybe that was the extent of it. We don't know. But it's like they took her out of school and that's it. That's all we know about her. So they, with the no autopsy, friends. that's what it said, but it can't, it can't say if there was any, like, anything else. Her body was... Mush. Barely a body. And yeah. And that's horrible, but that's... Completely decomposed. 12 years? 12 years. She was in they her said 20s. at least, yeah, 12 years she had not moved. And the couch, if you look at a picture, it's just this... How can you go to bed and go to sleep? Get up, take a shower, get ready for work, have sex with your husband, cook dinner, eat, and you just have your child's dead body in the next room. I can't even wrap my head around it. Can't. And people were like, well, I don't think they were malicious or blah, blah, blah. What? I don't know. I can say that maybe things started spiraling and they were embarrassed and they were like, well, we can't do anything now because it's so bad. I don't know. I have no idea. But at the very minimum, if – let's say – Lacey could even speak. This would mean she didn't have Lachman syndrome, but let's just say she could speak and was like, no, you're not taking me to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. We know based on evidence she couldn't move the well, spot. Too damn bad. So this I'm is what you, you do. Anyway. You call the cops. You call an ambulance and let them sort it out. You know what I mean? Like, you don't just say, okay, Mm-mm. you can waste away on my couch. I don't think that's what happened. I don't think she wanted to die like that. Mm-mm. But I'm just saying the very minimum, they could have called an ambulance and said, Something's wrong with, I mean, no, 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 we're not, not buying it. I don't buy it. I'm not buying that they're taking care of their, her sores when she has. No, no, absolutely not. Oh my gosh. This was bad. This was, both cases were really bad. They both were terrible. Right. You're, you're correct. And they're both children that are being. Yeah. Abused. It's awful. It's 10 and 36. It's like, ugh. And it kind of reminds me of elder abuse. Yeah. When people are being abused. They just and get they bed can't sores. Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. It's awful. This is always the point where I'm like, how do we even change topics mm. after talking about terrible, awful things? Okay. We do have new patrons. Yay. Let's move topics. So Silver lining. Silver lining. We have Karen M. From Mississippi. Is that our first one? I think it might be. Our board's board's upstairs. upstairs. We're downstairs during the heat wave. So Karen's been sending us a lot of case recommendations from Mississippi. So thank you, Karen. Yes, thank you. We appreciate you. And Ariellis C. from Massachusetts. Ooh, fun. It's a pretty name. Yeah, it is. Thank you, Ariellis. I think that's, it might be our, listen, you're you're all our first. How about that? Exactly. (laughs) Because we don't have the board. And Sabrina C. from Texas. Hey. Thank you, Sabrina. And Macy. She just joined. Not sure where she's from yet. I sent you a DM, Macy, to get your address so we can send you some fun stuff. Also, we have magnets now. I know. I need I need one. Yeah. Upstairs. <laughs> go, go in the heat wave. No, but if you're a new patron, we're going to send you a magnet along with some stickers. So be on the lookout. And you've been a patron for a while and you haven't gotten any mail yet. Either I forgot and I'm sorry. Message me and say, (laughs) hey, I think you forgot. Or B, I don't know your address and cannot mail them out. So just check your messages regardless. 
So also I got a message. Oh, I can't think of who it is. I'm so sorry. I'll mention it next time. But one of our listeners said, have you seen the documentary on Netflix called Girl in the Picture? It's crazy and no. messed up. So I watched it because I'm caught up on evil. Okay. I have nothing else. I'm like, well, crap, okay, what do I watch it? Yeah. now? Oh, so it's a documentary. It's like an hour and something long. Just one movie. It's not, a, you know, a series. It's so freaking sad and messed up. And it kind of goes along with abuse of children. It's directed by the same person who made Abducted in Plain Sight. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give anyway any spoilers. It's heartbreaking and awful, but oh my gosh, I don't even know what to say about it. I watched it. Woof. Like, this is why I can't do true crime I research. Watch it. And then it's it's interesting because when you think it's, you, it, this cannot be any worse, it does. That's how my dating life is. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for the joke. We all needed a joke. We all. Just when you think it just can't when get you any think. fucking worse. Just when you it think. It does. Oh my gosh. So we're taking a mini summer break. We are. This is going to be our last episode for two weeks. Two weeks. It's just, it's a mini break. It's, mini we're break. We're not going to be gone for long. And if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to an episode next week because. We're doing our July shark episode, but we'll be back on August 1st for everybody. Yes. Right? August 1st? I think so. The first Monday in August. Thanks. I think so. So, yeah. we're For our patrons, though, our July episode's about to be dropped. We're covering an Australian... I'm covering an Australian case involving sharks. It's true crime, but it's related to sharks because Shark Week is coming up. So Mine is just random facts about shark. Things and attacks love and that. stupid shit that I always bring to everybody. We love that. To those wondering, <laughs> our Patreon episodes are typically more mixed, laid back. Mix. There's yes. true crime, but then there's lighthearted stuff. We make it a little more. Um, We're I a little know. funny. You can ask me questions. You can ask Ashley anything. Anything you want to know. Tell you. I'll or tell she you. Won't. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'll tell you. You might be embarrassed <laughs> you ask that. You might not want to know. You might not want to know the answer. Uh, yeah, if you want to join Patreon, go to patreon.com slash United States of Murder. Each month we do a special episode. We release regular episodes a few days early. We started a Facebook group. We're we getting did, more we people did. in there. We'll mail you goodies. We'll give you a shout out now for the little spiel because I haven't done it in a while. We're an indie podcast. So it's just us. It's just us. It's just us. We do all the things that go into producing, which includes researching, recording, editing, designing, publishing, Fixing tech issues, maintaining social media. Things. You get it. You get it. So if you choose to donate, you're helping offset our costs. But you can also help us out for free. You can subscribe on Apple and leave a review if you feel so inclined. Those really help us out in the Apple algorithm. And we, and we love to just, read them. We love to read them. And we've gotten <laughs> some really nice ones lately. I haven't looked in so long. Okay, so one person left, I think it said G GMA or something in the thing. I could be wrong, but... So she listens on her motorcycle and has a hard time hearing me. So she's like, Lacey, please speak up. Lacey, speak up. That's how my mom always tells me to speak up. You're mumbling. But nobody ever tells me to speak up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I'm not cool enough to listen to on a motorcycle. I'm like, who is this? Oh, someone it's just going down the Oh, I just found it. It's Ethan's Gigi. Ethan's Gigi. Thank you. I'm gonna put my sound up a little bit for this episode. If you don't listen on a motorcycle, try it, try it out. Maybe it's fun. <laughs> Follow along on social media for any updates. We're on Instagram at United States of Murder and on Facebook and Twitter 
at US of M podcast. We've gotten some funny tweets recently, too. I don't oh check Twitter that often. I'm not going to lie. I'm more of an Instagrammer, but it's funny. We made some memes on there about she's a 10, but... And then a couple people tweeted, like, that means she's a 12. Anyway, you'll have to <laughs> get on there to know. But what's up with you after all this terrible gloom and doom? What's up with me? Hmm. I am taking Max to football camp next week, so we will be in Dallas. That's exciting. If you hear this and know of any kind of cool restaurants, I'm, I'm a foodie. I like okay. good food. I've never been to Dallas. Never? Mm-mm, never. Not even to the airport? Yeah. Okay. Well, to the airport. Well, that doesn't really count, though. There's some restaurants at the airport, though. Sure. I'm sure I've When we flew them. to Vegas, we got hammered at the airport bar at, like, a Chili's or something. Like, at, at 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. Chili's? I don't know. It was a Mexican place. We sat at the bar at, like, 7 a.m. Us? Not me and you. Oh, I was like, you flew out of Memphis when oh, we went to Vegas. I was like, I flew um, out of Dallas. I must have been we drunk because I don't remember that. Okay, She's okay, like, okay. Oh, boy. I'm like, I don't remember any of that. Okay, fun. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Oh. If you hear this and you're from the Dallas area, we will be there for a week, and I will be sitting by myself with my kids at football camp. So, give me some either ideas for books to read, cool places restaurants to, to check out, bars, haunted places haunted to check places. out. Places I love a haunted hotel that has a good bar. I that's love, random, yeah. but that's haunted fine. hotel bar. Anything true crimey, murdery. I'm literally going to be free from 9 to 3.30. Are you going to be in Dallas, Dallas? I'm going to be in Frisco, which is just north of Dallas. But we'll travel. You will I got nothing but time. So if you can give me – Please give us some suggestions. Any tips, fun things for me to do while I'm sitting, I would absolutely adore it. That's a good idea. Send her some tips. I'm 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 leaving on Wednesday. So you've got from Monday when this comes out to Wednesday to shoot me a DM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're doing on our breaks. Doing Well, I'm just hanging out. but We have a pool now, so you're having staycation. I'm just getting ear infections. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm staycationing. <sighs> Should we tell them what state we're coming back with or leave it up to? Let's tell them. What are we coming back with? Arkansas. Arkansas. Bringing it home. <sighs> Which we get more suggestions for this probably than any other state because we know We're a lot here. of people yeah. here. So it makes it hard because I don't want to say, sorry, I can't cover that right. case. Right. But Do you know what you're covering? Potentially. Do I don't you? know. I think I know what I'm potentially covering too. Oh, hopefully it's not the same. Jesus. We've already done that once. All right. Enjoy the rest of your July. All righty. Have a good uh, break without our sweet voices. But join Patron if you but want join more Patron. Of our yes. sweet voices. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.